0: Hello everybody, welcome to LifeHouse Church Spiritual Warfare Podcast,
1: live! Wow, thank you for that. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Hello everybody, how are you all doing? <laughs> that was Finally. especially for Anna, yeah. and for all the crowd out there, and there is in the audience right there. Yeah. Thanks
0: for that <laughs> applause guys, didn't know there were going to be so many of you here, nearly 10,000, jeez, <laughs> don't know how we did that. Have you, have you been
1: smoking something? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm just <laughs> nervous, magic nervous. Mushrooms.
0: Just a few, um, bit of alcohol, a bit of liquid courage. <laughs> okay, so like what we're doing, actually I better explain to the podcast listeners. what we're doing is we're doing this LifeHouse Spiritual Fair, we're doing it live, so we're in front of an audience. So if you hear a person chime in with a question that doesn't sound like me, that is a bit more feminine per se, it will be someone... is feminine. It's probably... Oh, thanks, David. <laughs> it'll be someone in the crowd. Okay, so we're also going to hopefully have some video footage of this so you can actually see what we look like, our handsome mugs. (laughs) When I I mention David Thomas or introduce him each week, I say the lovely, the delightful, (laughs) the handsome David Thomas. Now you can all see for yourself look at him. Hello everybody. (laughs) Doing the Zoolander that, uh, what's it called? Blue Steel. Anyway, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the what what you told me about two weeks ago and i don't know whether i've got a different topic have you forgotten the topic no 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 the super
1: unfair advantage yes, of the yes. gifts of no, no, the, no? The, the, yeah you, you're generally right but the super <laughs> unfair advantage and the super unfair advantage is the use of the gifts of the spirit in spiritual warfare yeah so that's what we're going to talk about today cool
0: all right well i guess we better get going see this is how it normally works guys <laughs> we just <laughs> go off the cuff like this so what you wanted to start with was this, right? right? The big mistake. You wanted to go through a few big mistakes. Big mistakes that Christians make. Big mistakes that Christians yeah, make, yeah. This is yeah. part
1: of my book Yep. with the title, and, and I'm able to do this with our church here. There's a, there's a book that I want to write one day, and it's called Why Christians are Sometimes the Stupidest People on the Planet. Yep. Honestly, you know, you've got the Bible here, and yet <laughs> the big mistakes. Yeah. So I want to just, I want to open up uh, looking at our super, super unfair advantage, mm. and I want to look at two big mistakes that we make regularly and continuously as Christians and not utilize what we've got. Yeah, okay. And it drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely crazy.
0: Yeah. Would you say that you're a guy who gets this perfect 100% all no. the time?
1: <laughs> no. I have to include myself in the stupid, stupid yeah. book. You're part of the book. Absolutely. Yeah, author and main subject. <laughs> a lot of the illustrations are mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> names and places have changed. Uh-uh. <laughs> Cool. Well, yeah, good. well All right. yeah, the big mistake. All right, the first big mistake I believe we make as Christians is this. We do not have a warrior mentality, okay? So when we approach life, we approach life with with what I call the equivalent of the PC, politically correct attitude, and, 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 and it's promoted by the religious spirit attitude where it makes us little fluffy... Little donut, marshmallow Christians, doormat Christians, yeah, yeah. and 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 you, no matter what happens to you, you got to take it. Yeah, you know, and 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 we have this mentality when we go into a situation where people people will just look at us wrongly, and then they'll say, "You're supposed to be a Christian," and then we melt, <gasps> and then and then they just pile on religious.
0: Yeah. Beep, that, beep, 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 onto yeah. us. That gets used a lot, doesn't oh, it? I thought, I thought you were Christian. I thought you were Christian. Everyone else is downloading movies around you at your workplace or something, and then you talk about maybe you downloaded a movie once. I thought you were Christian. <laughs> you're not
1: supposed to steal when you're Christian. So for me, for me when I approach life, and, and this, this, is, this is, I still have to fight this battle because the religious spirit is a continuous probably one of the the the, the most continuous opposing forces against the true church that you will find it never lets up and so you're continually having to raise these standards and understand that you are a warrior you are in a battle and you need to have the mentality of a warrior not not some berserking idiot that's going to just fight for the sake of fighting but a warrior mentality
0: yeah well could you maybe, I just, I just had this thought, have you ever defined what the religious spirit is? Like, I know you've mentioned it quite often on the podcast. Would you be able to define what characteristics make up that spirit oh, for us, or yeah, is it sort yeah. of, look, you know, look, what, how,
1: it, how it manifests itself in the church? When you, when you go back onto what we've done and look at the camouflage, sometimes the camouflage that comes in, you see what we, we did there briefly in, in understanding the enemy. But the religious spirit, essentially, you can look at would be a Jezebel spirit, a spirit that will apply the law to you where you've been given freedom. Now, here's the thing about the religious spirit that I've found. You can never win against the religious spirit. (laughs) Never win against. So don't engage the religious spirit on its ground. Mm. So when the religious spirit comes at you and starts to, to say, oh, you're a Christian, how dare you say that? If you answer the religious spirit by saying, well, the Bible says, the religious spirit's answer to you is, you are so religious. How can you do that? You're more (laughs) heavenly minded than earthly good. If you tell the religious spirit, well, get the hell out of here. I'm not interested in what you have to say. Oh, that's so unspiritual. What kind of Christian are you? You're not going to win an argument with a religious spirit. You're not going to win an argument with a person that promotes a religious spirit. Where you have freedom, it wants to bring law.
0: And you can look at that example yep. of Jesus, obviously, when he Pharisees. started his ministry, went out into the wilderness, and yep. Satan came at him with Scripture yep. and, and tried to bog him down into law, into,
1: yeah. the, you know, into bondage where he had freedom instead. So going back to this warrior mentality and, and, and what we need to do with this warrior mentality is we need to, we need to um, understand that, how can I put it? Let me try and think of an example here. I've got an example in my mind, but if I give the example, I'm going to get into trouble with probably half the world.
0: Half the world? Half the world. They'll be angry at you coming here Absolutely. with pitchforks and fires. Yeah. Like your Frankenstein. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's. Li- for example, for, for example. Okay, here it goes. You want to go, go ahead. Alien, you can alienate half the world? Yeah, you can dig uh, your right.
0: hole. I'll stand over here. <laughs>
1: Remember, I'm dragging you with me. <laughs> I know. Okay. A person that promotes a socialistic, there it goes, ideology in the political arena is aggressive and warlike in promoting their ideology. Whereas someone that has more of a westernized concept of ideology that is based around conservatism understands their, understands their point of view by saying, well, this is me, I'm going to live my life free, and this is you, you live your life free, you are entitled to do what you want to do, I'm entitled to do what I'm going to do, and we're going to live happily ever after, and as I will respect you, you respect me, that's how, that's how that kind of a person thinks, or a libertarian, that's how they think, the problem is a socialistic orientated person will not think like that, because how he thinks is, no, that's not right, you must live like I live, and I'm going to do everything I can to make you see my way of thinking. And the the trouble with that is,
0: is when, you know, I go to university. So when I go to university, you go through the open days and you get all those different stalls that say, you know, come and worship this weird looking snake guy. It's really sweet. Come and, uh, you know, gay marriage is awesome. We should totally accept it. Gay marriage sucks. It's stupid. Actually, I haven't seen that stall. you never seen that <laughs> no. store. But what the point I'm trying to make is the people there, are, you know, they, they talk about tolerance. Tolerance a lot. That we should all be tolerant of one another. We should be tolerant of one another's ideals. We should be tolerant. As long as you're not a Christian. As long as you're not. Serving Jesus Christ. Well, it's weird because. That's <laughs> it. No, because they're talking about being tolerant, but they themselves exactly. are not tolerant. Exactly. Now that's, it's a like hypocrisy. Now that,
1: that's, that's the concept. That's the, that's the kernel of thought I'm trying to reach into, where we as Christians have that mentality where we will say, okay, you live your life, and I respect you. I will live my life, and, I, and, 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 and that's it, but the enemy and the system he perpetuates and promotes— does not have that mentality. He has a warlike mentality, and he is going to come against you relentlessly, persistently, consistently, with pure hatred and venom, and his objective with you is to see you killed. He's going to steal from you, and he's going to destroy you. That is his op- objective, and we as Christians, we walking around making this big mistake by whistling a happy tune, and you know, off to work we go.
0: Yeah. Well, That's the big mistake. That's the big mistake, that we're not, we don't have this warrior mentality. How many people here, and I'm just, you know, feel free to keep your hands open. How many people here actually think they maintain a warrior mentality as they walk around their daily lives? <laughs> Richard? Good on you, Richard. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah there's a few. It's, it's not the easiest mentality to maintain. But it's all here right? It's all here. This is exactly what it says. We're not talking about a warrior mentality going out and, like David said, berserking, killing people because you're a warrior. That's not what a warrior is. A warrior walks with confidence, I think is the main thing, isn't it? The warrior can repel all attacks. The warrior walks with confidence in steps following God the way he is leading him.
1: A warrior knows who to fight, when to fight, how to fight, whom to fight for, whom to fight against, and so you're just pacing yourself all the time, but there is a, a, a mentality within the warrior that says, I am going to progress and stand in specific areas. For example, uh, and, and this is, our, our, we're gonna move off the subject now, but who here thinks, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, soul winning, soul winning. Yeah. There's my thought, soul winning. Who here, who here approaches soul winning as if it's a battle. Okay. There is the soul, and a couple of people here have indicated that they do. And when you go in, oftentimes we get we get this impression, oh, well, we must go and win some souls for Jesus. And so what happens with us, and I'm presuming now, I'm presuming this of you, I'm presuming this of the podcast listeners, what happens is we get all marshmallow, and we get all, you know, yeah, we'll listen to what you have to say. But we don't have a warlike plan to say, I'm coming for you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight against everything around you that is hindering you from hearing the gospel message.
0: I know that I, I definitely fall into that trap. I often just message a person, oh, I'm talking at church this Sunday. Why don't you come along? And I just leave it there. I don't pray that much. I might pray while I send it, but it's not a strong going after a person. It's like a little... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's the word that says, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, when Jesus says, come with me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I mean, to get, to get fishermen who are manly men, all right, to follow Jesus into a clergy ministry, what made him go? I will make you hunters of men. Come follow me. I'm going to make you a hunter of men. You're going to be hunting the biggest game there is. This is dangerous stuff. You're going to be fighting demonic forces. You're going to be fighting a system that is against you. So for me, one of the big mistakes that we make as Christians is we don't have this mentality of becoming a warrior, warrior mentality of of dealing with situations um, in a biblical aggression,
0: you know. Yeah, it's so even aggression is like. going to get a few hackles raised. Like that's not a yeah. word you use with a Christian, is it? Yeah. Aggressive Christian. And yet the
1: Bible says that the, the, the w- Richard what's that scripture? The, the kingdom of God <laughs> is advanced by force. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. is Richard's, cool. Richard's my walking Bible. If I need if I need a quote, <laughs> <laughs> he normally just I'll ask him. What is it? He knows where it is. He's is
2: pretty right.
1: good. So,
0: what you had big mistake number one. You wanted to touch briefly on big mistake number two. Big,
1: Big mistake number two. Big mistake number two is half and half Christians. The minute you enter war, so the minute you accept Christ as your Savior, you've moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of heaven. You've deserted Satan's kingdom. You've left it behind. You've cut it off. You've gone over to the new kingdom. The Holy Spirit is now starting to teach you how to operate by the rules and laws of the new kingdom, and yet one of our big mistakes is we still hanker after the things in the old kingdom. And every hankering, every little line that we have tying us to the old kingdom is a line of attack that the enemy is going to take you out on. And most of my counseling sessions, most of my counseling sessions, I counsel people where I have to go back to their foundation and I have to say, you have to build your full foundation on the rock, not on the sand. And we go back to that passage of scripture that we learned at Sunday school, that we, we sang about at Sunday school, build your house on the rock, not on the sand. Now the problem is, a lot of Christians are half and halves. So you've got this, one quarter of your, 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 your life is four square Founded on Jesus Christ, and then it just starts to like sag. You know, just imagine this house, beautiful looking on one <laughs> side, and you think, wow, this is a fantastic architecture. And then you walk around the other side, and there's just like sort of sagging, and the roof's popping off, and a couple of windows are not opening because they're all bent down. Why? Because the foundation is on sand.
0: We saw that in uh, Italy. Oh, Italy. Oh, so bad. oh, excuse me. Amsterdam. No, they built their houses too tall, and they built on soggy ground and they're all just collapsing against yeah. each other It's a perfect picture of it and
1: then and, and then and then you use all kinds of like sort of spars and poles to try and shore up the house and what the and, and then and then you reach a point where you lord help me and the lord comes in and he says okay i'm gonna help you and he destroys the house and then you start to say oh god help me what's happening in my life and the lord says well, you ask me to help you
0: yeah i was just reading in um i think walking with god by john eldridge where he was saying god oftentimes speaks to us in the moments of crisis crisis is the main time where he uses that time to really get under the hood i think was the phrase he used yeah. get under the hood and look at those things that still tie us back
1: can i ask you a question
0: Ah, uh, yes it's not <laughs> going to be something to do with knowledge if i have to just respond <laughs> it's fine if it's something to do in here go ahead
1: do you have hatred in your
0: heart do i have hatred in my heart yes let's turn it over to the crowd <laughs> I can do that now. Do I have hatred in my heart? I would say, to be honest, yes. Yeah, I said it. You got. Oh. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> I believe that it is biblical to hate the schemes of Satan. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Did you you see got that? it right. You got it yeah, right. right. Oh, hey, applause, him him. A yeah, round applause. Thank you. Yeah. Not often that happens. I'm glad that happened in front of people, so they all witness to it. <laughs> Finally, see, I put
1: him on the spot every now and then, and like it's just like the, yeah. wall, the wall audience. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tricky on the podcast,
0: though. It's trickier because you have to keep talking. Now, There's you see, a like religious spirit
1: would come there. Now, you see, he was battling with the, with, with the residue of, of religion where he was like, Oh, do I have hatred in my heart? Oh, if I answer this, ooh, what people are going to think? You're a Christian. You're up on the platform, and you say you've got hatred? <gasps> yeah, that was
0: probably the thing that surprised me the most about this church. <laughs> when I came here first, first time, I was a boyfriend of my, my then-girlfriend, Lena, and I, I sat down over here, and <laughs> you're, I you're, hear you're, this you're, guy speaking. Your
1: then your now-wife,
0: My now-wife, my beautiful wife, there she is. Every camera points to her right now. <laughs> And I came in, I sat down, and David started to talk about having. He was in South Africa, and he had a baseball bat or something, and he was just talking about how he threw. You were a bouncer or you were a security guard or something, right? And you were just getting real physical with them and, and throwing them out. And I was like, How can he do that? Yeah, I mean, am I crazy? Am I no, remembering no, that incorrectly?
1: No. no. It was yeah, yeah, in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. you
0: were talking in Australia. Oh, you were a security guard in Australia. Yeah, and in oh. England, yeah. Yeah, you were talking about just getting really physically violent with people. No, in a, no in a situation. No, no. I wasn't getting physically
1: violent with them. I was just not allowing them to get physically violent with me. <laughs> Regardless, I mean, that's surprising in itself. If you
0: came to a church and you hear all the time when you're growing up, the main phrase that you associate with Jesus is, turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek. And that, I think, is used falsely by the religious spirit, over and over and over again. That is the one thing I knew about Jesus, being in a... I, I was brought up in the church, but leaving for a while. That's the one thing I knew. Turn the other cheek. And here I come. David's not turned the other cheek. He's pushing him <laughs> back. Do you know what I mean? And that just... It took me a while, to be honest with you. I was like, this guy's weird.
1: <laughs> He's not a Christian. i got to get to know him a bit better. Well, yeah. if I had to say to you that God has hatred in his heart...
0: Oh, geez, isn't that
1: tough? Would you say that is true? Oh, I don't know that one. Isn't that tough, who, who, though? Who, who, who here believes that God has hatred in his heart? Okay, 75% wow, of the okay, audience. maybe one of the... you should be up here then. <laughs> Isn't
0: that a tough question, though? Like, how many people would think? I mean, we're all a bit lucky here that we have surrounded by really good teaching and biblical foundations. But how many people in the world would you think, you know, how many Christians would say that God has hatred in his heart?
1: I'm trying to find it. What, Richard? It's Proverbs sixteen. Seven things God hates. Seven things God hates. It's in Proverbs,
0: it's no six things God hates. Seven things He really hates. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, it's, it's it's
1: in Proverbs. Go and read Proverbs. You'll find it there.
0: And the thing is, the <laughs> religious spirit will try and trip you up. Well, I thought God was love. That yeah. can love and hate coexist? Yeah. But it's not. It's 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 much more deep. It's complex. So and God's character is huge. You can't confine it to that kind of thing.
1: Now, now the thing is why I'm saying we're half and half Christians is oftentimes we, we, we find ourselves in a situation where we will go into the situation, but we've got all of this residue of stuff in our life where we play with it, we accommodate it, and we don't hate it. And the stuff that I'm talking about hating is the satanic systems of the world. Um, Now, notice I use that word, satanic systems. Now, you've got institutions in the world out there. You've got various institutions. They are neutral. It's the people in them that will make them either good or bad. A government is an institution. It'll be either good or bad depending on the people in it. But there are systems in the world that are there to entrap you, that are there to make you violate the scriptures, that are there to basically entrench you and and, and addict you to, to the things of the world. Now, the Bible clearly talks about hatred of these things, and we have to get to a point in our walk as a warrior where we hate Satan, his motives, his operations, and what he is trying to do within our lives, then within our family, and then within our community. And, un- and until we get to that point where we're half and halves, the likelihood of us succeeding in, a, in, 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 in going into a battle knowing that we have a 100% chance of success is going to be zero. Yeah. You know, not zero, but... You, it knocks people out. 75, but it knocks people out. Knocking out.
0: Yeah. All right, let's get on with the, uh, the main subject for today. That was the... Uh,
1: that's just the introduction. That's the
0: introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you all look so lovely. And actually, during this time, I would like to make mention of a very special man in the audience today. His name is Jamie Cookson. And if everyone... Jamie's over here. <laughs> everyone. Could everyone please give him a round of applause? It is his birthday today. Happy birthday,
1: Jamie. <laughs> Happy birthday,
0: Jamie. And he was up late going to the footy, I believe, right? Yeah, Good. What we're going to look at now are the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they relate to these, these big mistakes, I'm assuming, is what yeah. we're doing, yeah? yeah? Cool. All right, so what we're going to do is I'm going to read out this two Scriptures. No, this, just one Scripture. Just one Scripture for now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I see, I see. Read out the NIV. 1 Corinthians twelve, four to 11. This is in the NIV. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines.
1: Thanks, Ben. Um, I asked, uh, well, being that Jamie's been singled out here, I asked Jamie once, (laughs) and, and I asked you,
0: Yes, I recall. And you, you both. We y- failed, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he's going with this? I his.
1: asked them if you had to go and have a fight, and uh, you were given a completely unfair advantage that that you knew if you use this, you're going to smash that other person. Would you use your unfair advantage?
0: And just, just, what, what did you think I said? <laughs> I said no. <laughs>
1: I <laughs> thought he was talking
0: about I, I physical could, violence. There's I, I, this other dude, and I was going to be playing Monopoly it. and cheating and taking his hotels. I don't know what I was thinking. I
1: could not believe it. I could not believe it. Jamie did the same thing. Well, you know, they, in us, they get all... They, I'm going to tease them now, but they get all pious and religious and hallelujah. That's how Hello, I look. You know, we'll just let the devil... Give us a kick and we'll give him the first punch and and uh, we'll just let him rip our heart out and yeah. then we'll go into a defensive action and, 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 and just push him back just a little, you know, and uh, I love being up re- here, yeah. restrain him. Yeah. No, you didn't say that, but I mean I know what you mean. But don't you think a lot of Christians
0: think the exact same get way onto the,
1: get into this life situation, get onto the ground and have that mentality. That's yep. what I'm trying to say. Yep, definitely. Definitely. And so I'm I'm saying I'm I'm and and, and we've taken this whole like nearly a year now over a year building up going in depth into your armor what's in the armor your character the fruit of the spirit the development of the fruit of the spirit which is an unfair advantage and now we're talking about the super unfair advantage and how many christians walk out onto the battlefield and they have okay i've got armor of god on praise god hallelujah you know and they'll wake up in the morning and they'll go through their little ritual let me put the helmet of salvation on and let me i did that too and yet what's inside the fruit is the unfair advantage, and the manifestation of the gifts is the unfair advantage. How many Christians actually consciously, with deliberate intent, go out expecting these things to manifest in the situation they face?
0: I wouldn't hazard a guess, but I would say the numbers would be small. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I do that, to be honest with you. I'm still learning to do that. I don't do that, definitely.
1: Do you think you have these gifts? Are they available to you?
0: They're available to me, but they seem kind of, I don't pursue them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm just kind of reading it. And you know when you read the Bible sometimes and you let it, let it wash over you, you don't invest in it, and you just kind of read it, you're like, oh, that's nice. So, so God so, loves so, me, that's you, nice. Uh, what's next? But
1: God loves. So me. you walk onto a battlefield. I'm just generalizing now. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not pointing you out.
0: Well, you are, but go ahead. Yeah.
1: So you walk onto a battlefield, and you've got your armor on. You've got your plan of action. You know the Lord is with you. The Lord has told you to go in there. You've got your fruit. Some of it's not you, but some other people have got small little buds of fruit, and they're still in blossom form, but they're growing. And then you just hope that this gift comes out somewhere. Yeah, Is that that that
0: generally? You just kind of look up and just kind of like close your eyes and go, okay, is it over?
1: Just that sort of thing, right? close your eyes and open your hands. Is the gift there? Richard. My question is this. The gifts are used to build the church, correct?
0: Well, so often we're not in the church. We don't think we're in the church when we go out
2: into our normal workday week. So how are those gifts expected to be used
1: there? if we, in our own thinking, are thinking, I've got to use them somewhere in the church, when the church is gathered together, or when I'm in ministry. The fivefold gifts of ministry were given to the church. Now here, and I'm glad you brought that up, here there are three interesting words that get given before the list of gifts. And this list of gifts in Corinthians is not the exhaustive list, there are two other passages of Scripture that talk about gifts. There is the uh, Romans 12 and 1 Peter. Yeah, we looked...
0: Oh, jeez. I hadn't spoken for a while. I didn't realize I was that <laughs> loud. I think we, we, we've talked about those other two Scriptures in the podcast, if yeah. I, I believe. Yeah. So,
1: there are different gifts, different kinds of gifts. There are different kinds of service, and there are different kinds of workings. So, you, to, to answer Richard's question, you've got to understand, okay, there are different kinds of gifts. What are these gifts? These gifts... Are, the, are God's gifts of grace. OK? There is nothing you can do to work for them.
0: Yeah, so isn't that tricky? Nothing. Yeah.. Okay. So that whole thing where you close your eyes and you look. Is the gift there? It's, of course it's
1: there. Is that the trick? That, yeah, we get there. there? We'll okay. get there. Secondly, service, <laughs> all right? It's, it's a service. It's a ministry. It's you. Using this gift of service, a different kinds of service by the same Lord. Different gifts by the Spirit, different kinds of service by the same Lord. What is the service? It's your service. So you are utilizing these gifts in service of the Lord with different kinds of workings, which is energy, which is power, under the power of God. And then finally, it says to each is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit, for good and for profit.
0: Right. So w- c- when we go back to this scripture, yep, the, like highlight to me, and I think you just mentioned it, is the gift, service, and working. What what are the differences between the gifts, the service, and the working? Like to me, to me, it's not distinct in my mind. Do you know what I mean? They're all kind of melded together to the, to, to look like the same thing. I mean, that might be just me, but what's the difference between Does anyone those two else? Things?
1: Anyone want to answer Ben's question? Take a take a stab. <laughs> 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 the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the gifts of the grace of God, given by the Spirit, wherever to whoever He wants to do it.
0: This is how I understand it. Yeah, you can't work for him. There's nothing. You can't change your character. The Holy Spirit's
1: given them to you as He wants to give them to you, freely. Secondly, the gifts of the Spirit are to be utilized within the service of the kingdom of God. Different types of service by the same Lord. So
0: that sounds like don't misuse your gifts. If you have a gift that God's given you to be something, you wouldn't misuse it. Is that right?
1: No, no, no. It's like you've got to understand Paul's illustration of the body of Jesus Christ. It's a human body. There's different parts of the body. So, utilize your gifts in the in the in the service that the Lord has called you into oh, see, yep. into the yep. ministry that the Lord has called you into and if you've been called into a ministry within the church serve there if you've been called into a ministry within the business realm serve there serve the gifts wherever God has placed you within the kingdom and utilize that the gifts in the service by the workings of god by the power of god that is placed within you and every single one of us has one of these that's my interpretation of that scripture that's what i see yeah. when i read that scripture cool
0: okay thanks how have we done we've looked at that a little bit haven't yes, we yeah yes, so we yes. can go on to the second question here that david's got highlighted which is how many gifts of the spirit are there because reading in, back through that there's like there's yeah in, in
1: in in this passage you've got nine gifts you've got revelation gifts which are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. You've got power gifts, which are faith, healing, and miracles. And you've got utterance gifts, prophetic tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So those, that's within this passage of Scripture. In Romans chapter 12, you've got additional gifts that have been given, gifts of service, leadership, etc. Yep. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, you've got another list of gifts as well that, that, that Peter goes into. So that's, that's what you're looking at yeah. in terms of the gifts. Now, how, can we use these gifts in spiritual warfare? Yes. And how effective Well, an advantage will they give you? I think and that's what I'm trying to yeah I see what you are into. The,
0: the, the use of these gifts, the full employment of operating fully with God in the, in the operation of these gifts that He has gifted you with that is what will enable this super unfair advantage as you put
1: it yeah yeah right here's here's a key if you want to if you want to understand how these gifts are used practically in everyday life read acts go and read acts of the apostles for example um the word of wisdom is used in acts chapter 6 the first five verses of scripture do you want to read that yeah well this is acts chapter 6 1 to 5 in those
0: days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews Hebraic because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters." Systems. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, and, and Nicholas from, and convert to Judea. Ended strongly.
1: So, where was the Word of Wisdom? used in that situation because what is happening here is you've got a conflict in the church so there's 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 a there's a perception in the church that one group has been given preference over yeah. another group between the and Hebraic there's disruption and the... starting to take place in the church and now the disruption reaches the, the 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 ears of the apostles and the apostles now have to deal with that situation yep and so they came in with this word of wisdom so that situation could have split the church right at its birth.
0: Yeah, you're right, hey. I yeah, mean, it's something so small, conflicts, little resentments that build up in church atmospheres, little things that people hold on to. I mean, that splits and yeah, divides yeah. churches every day. Every day. I mean that and that's the when it was birthing, right? That's yeah. when the Christian church was birthing, so so what? pretty full-on to think about. So
1: you go into your situation. So, so, so say you've got a situation in, in a relationship. You've got a situation... Most, most, most situations will end up with interpersonal relationships that you, you will be facing. Um, they, will, they will either take place within your marital relationship, within your family relationships, within your friendship circles, within your work circles. And you've got various systems in play that will impact and influence the relationship and the, the situation that you're facing. And so you have to go in there and, and, and deal with that situation. And most Christians, I believe, would walk in there and without possibly conscious thought or plan, try and deal with the situation, not calling on the resources of the Holy Spirit who's standing right next to you, in that circumstance. yeah, And then they get smashed up, yeah. and then they come to someone and say, please help me.
0: So you're talking about the employment of the gifts. Again, the word of wisdom, yeah, yeah. the effective use of that. yeah And how if it doesn't get used, you're going to get,
1: like you say, you're going to get smashed. So the word of wisdom, oh, those are just all the, all the oh, gifts okay, yeah, that cool. are going out there. So the word of wisdom is a supernaturally given revelation of God's direction and guidance for a specific situation. There's a nice definition for you.
0: The Word of Wisdom is supernaturally given revelation of God's direction and guidance. And, and,
1: and people, can a Word
0: of Wisdom manifest itself? Is that a prophetic listening to the Word of God, or is it a sense that you might get in your heart about a situation? How that, does, that varies yeah. from person
1: to person, I believe. Yeah. Um,
0: even, even using your common sense, the, the brain that God's given you in certain situations, right? That could be Him working well, out a well, Word of Wisdom.
1: let's, let's, let's backtrack on that, okay. using common sense. All right, let's, let's look at yeah. using common sense in a situation. Where does common sense come from? Is it the, sen- is the general consensus of the group, or is it some piece of wisdom that has been passed down?
0: Yeah, well, that's where, true. Where, where does that come from? It should come from there, but oftentimes when people use the word common sense, they are referring to what's most beneficial to the largest amount of people.
1: Now, now, now oftentimes I find when I go into situations and I have to deal with situations, um... Like for example, this is, this is what I do when I have to deal with a marriage situation. So a married, married couple come to me and it's just all hell is breaking loose. And they, and I, when, I, when I look at them, I picture them and, I, and, and in my mind, I've got this picture, how close is, th- are th- is this couple to the cliff of divorce? You know? And some of them are like one, two, three, and they're gonna jump. Some of yeah. them are already out there and I gotta try and grab them and out the air and pull them back. Yep. Some are on the verge of starting to run there, because unfortunately for me, um, by the time they get to my couch, they're sort of, they're 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 there.
0: They're just about there. Yeah, they're there.
1: And so, oftentimes, what I will do is I'll sit, I'll listen to them, I'll hear what they got to say, and then I'll ask them to go away and come back, and I'll give them a couple of scriptures just to say, so they don't tear each other's eyes out, and they don't jump off the divorce cliff. Come back in a week's time. And... I just take this before the Lord and I just say, Lord, I want you to give me something for it. And I leave it. I don't think about it for for a week. The day of the meeting, I just bring out the notes that I've made. I look at it and I just, and then for me, this is how it works with me. Things just start to come to me. I want you to do this in their lives. I want them to do that. I want them to do this. I want them to do that. Bang, 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 bang. Sit them down, and I'll just point to the wife, and I'll say, I want you to start doing this, 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 this. Stop doing that. And the husband, and then I start taking them through a training process as I'm going. And that's, how, that's oftentimes how it works with me. Um, a word of wisdom for me is not, God does, I don't get a word, you know, David, my son, <laughs> I am the Lord thy Godeth, you know. This is, yeah, this is, the, <laughs> this is the word of wisdom that I need to, you to depart, uh, impart to my... I don't, I don't get that, yeah. but I just get these like revelationary revelation re- ideas just like boom, they just drop, yeah. boom, where did that come from? I've come to recognize my dependence on the Holy Spirit in that area, and I've come to recognize my, 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 um, the, the, the manifestation of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in these situations. I'll guarantee a lot of you operate using the gifts, but you don't give credit. You don't recognize that you are using the gifts, because you don't understand what the gift is. So a word of wisdom is actually God's wisdom for that situation. A word of knowledge is how to take that piece of wisdom and unpack it for the person what in that situation. Yeah,
0: what is the gift of the word of
1: knowledge? The word of knowledge word. Yeah. is when the Holy Spirit reveals that wisdom and how to apply it to that specific situation. Acts chapter 5, go and see it there, it's right there. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 14. You can see how word of knowledge has been used there.
0: Isn't that interesting, the definition between the two, wisdom and knowledge, and how they must... And, I mean, it goes back to the, the example Paul gave, the whole body. You've got to all sort of operate, all the gifts have to operate in order for it to work. Because a, mm. a word of wisdom, without it being unpacked, can almost be a bit... You know what I mean? I mean,
1: I mean, here, here's, here's something for you here. You've, you've got a work situation, right? How many of you have ever felt you've got a problem at work... How am I going to sort this out? And how many of you ever thought to yourself, Lord, I need a word of knowledge to sort this situation. It's completely secular, completely something in the world, got nothing to do with religion. Got no- it's just a problem at work, a problem at school. And how many of you have ever just sat down and said, Lord, I need, I need you to give me a revelation concerning this? How effective is that? In a situation you face.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I never, I never do that. I'm going to be honest with you. And I should, you know, start to recognize the gifts and start to, like you're saying, purposefully go about manifesting these gifts.
1: Now... This is a good one. This is one I want. I want to talk about this, this one. one? What, is yeah. the,
0: what is the gift of distinguishing of spirits, or discerning of spirits? Discerning of spirits. And
1: I want to I relate it back to your um, illustration of me earlier on. Ah yes. And, 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 and I'm going to give myself some defence here about me being a, with a baseball bat. Yeah,
0: angry, <laughs> deranged. <laughs> yeah, be the word I use. Everyone else here would use the word deranged right to okay. describe David. Brad, Brad, Brad you've got a question? question. Or you just want, oh, you're to, just be, you just want to call <laughs> David deranged People get maybe. very
1: worried about stretching in, the, in a <laughs> forum like this. Yeah. I just scratched my nose. <laughs> um, a
0: question just popped into my head. Um, what's the best way to identify our spiritual gifts?
1: What spiritual gifts are you talking about?
0: Well, that's... Are you talking about the specific ones we're talking about today? Uh,
1: yes. Are you talking about your ministry gifts? Or are you talking about these specific gifts that are given to everybody? Oh, that, hang on. Because you go back, have a look.
0: Unless I'm insane, which, you know, maybe. Uh, but each verse one, 7.
1: Read it from the Amplified, verse yeah, 7.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So each person gets the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. To one is given in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom, and to another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding. Does that mean that there's two different you you get weighted more in one than the other? Or is that what you're this sort is, of this saying? Is,
1: look, you're gonna have you're gonna have quite a few interpretations of this here. What I wanna say to you is each one of us have has got a specific call and talent that the Lord has given to us to exercise. And we've got to find that. For me personally, I think that this is available to every one of us to go into our life, our life situation, into Isaiah 61 situation, Matthew 28 situation, and to utilize these tools or weapons into that situation. Now, like if you're looking at the, 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 the utterance gifts, prophetic word, Okay. I believe that every single person here can go before the Lord and get a prophetic word. But not everyone here is called into the prophetic ministry. All right? So you're talking about where Some will be you're prophets, called? some will be apostles, yeah, some will be evangelists.
0: Um, yeah, whereabouts are called in ministry? Like how do you identify those gifts?
1: Your your calling, your, your ministry call, your gifts. Your calling, yes. Yeah. Effect. Very simply, without going into, in, into it in depth, you start looking at where your passion is. What makes you come alive? If I have to put you in the South Pole, you will do it to the penguins, whatever's your gift and passion. So if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a service kind of person, you'll be looking at their nests and, you know, looking at their little feet and seeing all the eggs all all right. If you're a leadership person, you'll make sure they're all standing in line, you know, If you're an evangelist person, you'll be saying, right, are you all ready for the summer? (laughs) (laughs) You'll do it in the South Pole. But then, while you're in the South Pole exercising your ministry, you have in your armory of use these giftings that the Holy Spirit will give you in situations. There is a storm coming. Prepare the people. How do I prepare the people? What is the storm? The storm is here, and this is what I need you to do. Make sure they've got this, 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 this in their houses. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. And that's, that's, so that's the difference between these two. Uh, did I answer your question all right?
2: Uh, yeah, thank you.
0: Uh, we, we, we've sort of gone, and I can't say this. Well, I need, this to, I need to. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm saying get, we let's, yep. let's get
1: let's let's let Get back here. Discerning of on. spirits. Okay. Discerning of spirits. This is a good one. This is a good one, because the Bible says, now let's, let's try and reconcile a couple of scriptures that were thrown around here earlier on. The Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, etc., etc, etc. So our fight is not against people. It is against, against the demonic forces of darkness. Now, here's my question to you: How many of you have had an out-and-out out fight with? A demon. One out of two, three, four. All right. How many of you have had an out-and-out fight with a person?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you mean, do you mean verbally or boxing? Every,
1: every, any a fight, any any kind of any kind yeah. of confrontation. Okay. then yes. Every one of us. So so, how do we reconcile these kind of situations? How do we reconcile? Uh, when to fight where to fight how to fight and what to fight what you're fighting how do you reconcile that how do you know that you go into a situation at work and suddenly the person in the cubicle next to you which was all lovely and funny and everything on friday is now now this person from hell what's going on you know and now suddenly they're accusing you they're attacking you they're doing this to you and and the bible then says turn the other cheek yeah whoa yeah So I've got to take all of this. I've got to, you know, how do I process this? And I believe the gift of the discerning of spirits comes into play. And you can walk into a situation and you can identify the demonic force behind the individual. And then you can utilize the the, the weapons of your warfare against the individual. Not, now listen to me carefully to neutralize now you're not going to fight the individual but you're going to you have to confront the individual to neutralize the force that is attacking you out there yeah. so for example you discern that the, an attack is coming against you by a religious spirit okay the attack of the religious spirit is coming against you now I'm using an example that happened to me now the attack of the religious spirit is coming through an individual who is a coward a bully, a slanderer, and a violent man, a berserker, a violent man, a railer. Okay, I know this is coming my way. So when I, when I come into the situation to deal with the circumstances this person is creating, I discern behind him these spirits lined up and what their objective is. So now what happens is I, go and I, I now go and deal with a violent man. You. What is my respon- What is the response of that confrontation going to be?
0: I wouldn't say great. If he's a violent man, he's going to rail at you. What? Explain exactly what, that, what that's going to be. What that? If you went up to a person who's this violent, aggressive man, and you were to say, just confront him on how he's accusing you or something of that nature. Yep. He's going to go nuts. And he's, he's, he's going to
1: yell. He's going to yell. He's, he's going to threaten you with violence. Violence. So how do you con- how do you counteract that?
0: Baseball bat.
1: No. No, you give him the knowledge that you will use it.
0: Oh, that's interesting. You see, that's what I yeah.
1: do. When, when I was in security, I had a job. I, was, uh, I had a uniform. I had a job. I had, I had a specific job. And I had parameters in which I could operate. Being that I was, one of my jobs used to be in in the courts. You're getting violent people coming to the courts all the time. So they're coming in, they're angry, they're upset, they've been caught. Now they're going to get their sentences done. And so they're coming in there with an attitude. And they want to start egging people on, pushing people around. And all you do is you say, not going to happen here. The violent man will threaten you the likelihood of him actually engaging you is very slim. Yeah, they only... Um... But if he engages you, engage him. And it's very easy to, allow, to, to, to make sure he knows that. But always I have the discerning of spirits. I use that even in my work. When I was working as a security guard, I use the discerning of spirits. This guy is carrying a spirit of violence and aggression.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, you, uh, you do, yeah. I'm yeah, just going to yeah. say, you get you get confronted with this in the workplace. It's funny, we sort of confine our Christianity to church sometimes, and whether or not we actually acknowledge that, or whether it's just this sort of subtle thing where we're more Christian by 10% on Sundays than we are in the workplace. Here's,
1: here's another example. If you're going to deal with a slanderer and a liar, what, what do you think your response is going to be? Now, most Christians will walk in and they'll say, you know, they'll they'll use Matthew 18 and they will sit there and they'll come along and they'll say, okay, I want to use the scripture, my brother. I want, you know, oh, praise God. I don't want to be any offense between us and da, 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 and Matthew 18. And I really want a good relationship so I can go and worship the Lord. So what is the response of a slanderer going to be? To continue slandering you. Where is he going to do that? To other people. Is he going to do it in front of you? No. So when you confront the person, know that that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. How Thank many you for Christians, me? How many Christians <laughs> go into
1: these situations with a total, you know, it's not going to happen to me? The, go and read the first five chapters of Proverbs. It talks about how to deal with an adulterous woman stroke adulterous man. It talks about how to deal with a violent man. If you deal with an angry man, he's going to get violent deal with a slanderer you, you 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 know the bible is so full of you you go and deal with a fool the bible says this is you know if you're going to deal with a fool and speak words of wisdom to a fool you're going to end up getting hurt and so you go and read the bible and you put all of this in you and then when the word of the lord comes to you when you go into a situation and you start exercising the discerning of spirits and you start to see okay this is the spirit that is at work here there is a spirit of lies here How do I counterattack lies? So the the Holy Spirit gives you this warning, spirit of lies. So then you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need wisdom and I need knowledge right now. And the Lord then then starts to draw the word of God out of you and you start exercising the sword of the spirit. When you exercise the sword of the spirit, it cuts the argument. Because it's truth. It cuts the argument. Now, Now, this is where a lot of Christians make a mistake. When you exercise the truth, you walk away and you think, Praise God. Everything's good now. We're good now. And the slanderer says, Yes, we're good. And <laughs> oh, 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 oh. then run
0: away.
1: On the phone. I was in a situation where. <laughs> are you a bit nervous to talk about this? You seem a bit. I dealt with a person. Yeah. All right. Then I had an appointment with another person. <laughs> right. The person I dealt with was a slanderer. Ah. Next person I was dealing with was just a nice coffee meeting and we we're having a chat. Person's phone rings. <laughs> <laughs> it's the slanderer phone in this one. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> you need to understand that when you go into a situation, These gifts give you a super unfair advantage. You need to go and study these gifts. In my book, when I write the book, I'm going to go into it. I'm going to go into Can you imagine being given a gift of healing when you go into a situation or the gift of the workings of miracles, the manifestation of the power of God when you walk into a situation and you're just starting to minister to someone? Man, it cuts every argument dead. Uh, The gift of prophecy.
0: Yeah, that is huge, huh?
1: Um, so many people respond to just a prophetic word. Just I, I Remember on boot
0: camp where the team went away and got those, those like three words yeah, yeah. for each man prophetically? It now, now here's, here,
1: here's something interesting about prophecy, and I'm just, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get it, Richard can correct me there, I'm going to probably get it a little bit twisted a bit maybe. But here it is. Prophecy is for the unbeliever. Hmm. Ba, ba, Think about that. Ba. The use of the gift of prophecy is for the unbeliever. Now, what is going to happen to you when you go into a circumstance? Isaiah 61, God has called you to go in. God has called you to go and sort this person out. And you just start saying, Lord, I need a word of prophecy. And you just deliver the word of prophecy. Weeks, months of walking with this person Trying to get them out of an addiction trying to get them out of a problem trying to get them out of a circumstance just gets cut straight down the middle right down to the core and the person the, the the demonic forces just fall off this person 1 corinthians 4 4 where they're blinding the person just fall off this person and bang word of prophecy word of the lord just goes into this person's heart boom person comes alive this these gifts give you such an advantage you need to go and study them, you need to go and learn them, and then you need to start applying them. You need to recognize where they're at. I've got
0: a few questions.
2: Richard? I was just going to agree with you on that, um, but also it's for the unbelieving Christian as
1: well. The, the unbelieving Christian who can't see where God wants them to be, mm-hmm. that word of prophecy tells them that's where God yep. wants them.
0: Yeah, that's good.
2: Um, I'm just double-checking with you what you're saying. Um, So you're saying that for a believer, at any time, any place that the Spirit chooses to manifest itself, it can, in any of those forms, like prophecy, um, word of knowledge, wisdom, healing, for the situation that's needed at the time.
1: My belief is that they will be given to you as the Holy Spirit seems necessary releases them into your life uh just just a little bit of an add-on and i'm glad you asked that question just a bit of an add-on oftentimes we don't see these things manifesting because we're not in circumstances and situations where we need them so half the time the christians are living this happy life within the church and then they go out in a little incubator out into the world and they come back into the church and they go out you know and they're not interacting into circumstances and situations where these gifts are actually needed and the more in need you are of this ministry, the more I believe the Holy Spirit will step in and give you faith. I think,
0: I think you know also that like it's that? interesting, like we might be looking for the manifestation of a gift of prophecy if we're really into the prophetic, we're reading a lot of books on the prophetic, we might be looking at that to manifest in a situation where God's giving us all these other gifts, like maybe a word of wisdom or something different, and we might miss... What he's actually gifted us with because we're looking in the wrong direction the, the, i don't i just don't think the holy spirit works in a in a particular way you know what i mean it's oh, always confounding
1: to each one of us he will minister to us individually but but one of the key things i want to advise or give to you is is, is go and gain an understanding of the mechanics of how these gifts work because then once once you begin to understand how the gift works and, and, and look at yourself you will, I believe you will start to see and recognize oh I had that then I had that then and then my advice to you would be the same advice that Paul gave to Timothy stir the gift up once you recognize the gift use it yeah. if you make a mistake that's okay I'm talking prophetic gifts I'm talking uttering gifts if you make a mistake that's okay stir the gift up, keep it stirring up, let it come out more and more and more, and eventually you'll get to a stage where I don't believe you'll be able to distinguish where you end and the Holy Spirit begins (laughs) in the situation when these things are just manifesting.
2: Um, This is just a little bit sidetracked from that, just specifically for what you were saying. I am probably very, very cautious of ever saying, or even thinking that, God's telling me this or, or saying this for another person because I don't know, it's hard to discern when it's your thought and then when it's actually God's thought and I guess this is just something that I'm really interested in at present and have been doing lots of reading and yeah, have a real, real passion for but I'm also very mindful and I guess in a way scared um, yeah. because I, I would hate to say that something was God said this or you know whatever, and it wasn't true?
0: I think, can I like just... Like, making yeah. a mistake? Like, I just, I just want to say, like, I think you should be applauded for that type of thought, to not to be very careful about what you're saying, God said this to you through me. I mean, you want to be pretty sure about it before you do that sort of thing. I can speak from almost experience there, I, I, where I
1: blundered into something. This,
0: uh, th-
1: this, is, this is not a cheat sheet that I'm going to give you a little a cop-out. But the best way to begin practicing that, practicing learning to hear the voice of God and releasing it into people's lives, is, is not to say, "Thus saith the Lord," because <laughs> you, then, you, then then you're really putting yourself out there. But just say, "I really believe. I really think. Do you want to have a think about what I've, this and give it to them?" Covers your bases. <laughs> um
0: and i would also say um just going from my experience what we learned in how to hear the voice of god which we're running in february next year i believe as well is about um testing being the biggest I was, thing i was right? gonna i was gonna say that yeah. i think it speaks about it in i can't remember the exact scripture but it's taking it to three other people mm. submitting your word and saying do you think this is from god as well what do you sense and i think that's a really good filter system
1: one of, the, yeah, one of the things that we, d- we develop here at, at LifeHouse is that we ask our people to actually, if you get a word of the Lord, write it out. And then have one or two people around you where you can say, what do you think? Just test this for me. Don't be scared of the word being tested or being judged. Don't be scared of that. Everyone um, And messieurs. then just give it to them and just say, can you pray about this and see if I'm accurate in what I'm going to say? And then go and deliver it to that person. And that, and that, that will actually help you train you in stirring up your giftings. Very very good. Yep. Good question.
2: Thank you very much.
1: One Paul. there and then one there.
0: Paul 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 look
2: Paul. You don't look
0: happy, buddy. What's going on? You had a question, didn't you? No? Did you have a question? You raised your hand. Oh no. No, that was just that was a yawn. That was a stretch.
1: <laughs> ah.
0: Who who are you doing up the front?
1: Angela.
2: Um, back when you were talking about the dealing with the slanderer and the liar and all that sort of thing, I felt like we were I was getting half the story and not getting through to the end. So, And it sounded like, okay, you deal with that person or that spirit that day, and then the next day it comes back, you deal with it again. But what about getting to the point where you just want to blow them out of the water? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Generally, for me, I'm always at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the fruit of the spirit of self-control comes in. Patience. Kindness. And then you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I'm so angry. And the Lord says, my son, do you love me? And I, I don't want to hear that. And he says, do you love me? I, say, I really don't want to hear what you've got to say to me. And the Lord says, go and feed that sheep of mine. I've got lots of sheep bites. You know you, you know, you funny people where you see the sheep like butting the guy into the lake? That's me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no <laughs> um when when if 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 you're dealing with a situation each situation is different and each situation requires a specific type of plan so if you're going into a situation where a person is attacking you and you are not it's an ambush, and you are, in no way going, you are no way led to basically go and lead this person to salvation. Also, it's not an Isaiah sixty-one, it's not a Matthew twenty-eight. It's a straightforward attack. Activate, Lord, what is going on here? Come out of the situation. What is going on, Lord? Have a look at the battle, battle, whole battlefield. What's going on? Why is this attack hammering in at me? Once you've got that, discerning the spirits, Lord, I need you to give me a word of wisdom go and read Acts, and you'll see, you'll see Paul dealing with accusation, you'll see Paul dealing with deception, the different types of ways in which he did that. And it's also throughout all the letters he wrote to different yeah. people addressing different situations. If this person is then attacking you, then get, get download a plan of action specific for that cir- circumstance, and then stand all the way through that circumstance. Now, when we stand standing against a person, we're not attacking this person. We're not going out to destroy this person because we're not right fighting flesh and blood, but I will destroy the demonic forces and their uh, plan for me. I will destroy it. I will sort that out without a doubt. Um, and in, in, in so doing, my, I'll always have in the back of my mind a redemption for this person. What can I do or say to actually lead this person to salvation? Uh, or or to lead this person to repentance or to lead this person back into fellowship in the church that's always in the back of my mind but I will put into practice the plan of the Lord I will not allow them to destroy me I will not allow them to destroy the work of the Lord I will not allow them to destroy the 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 church I will not allow them with their lies to come in and smash anything I will I will respond in truth and in love Love is not this passive little weak thing that, you know, is, makes you a marshmallow. Well, love is actually strong. It says, no, this is not the truth. That's that situation. If it's an, if it's a, 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 an Isaiah 61 situation where you're called to go in and deal with a person, um, you might just have to have a time where you exercise the shield of faith. So the Lord will call you into a situation and says, my daughter, I want you to stand here. This person is going to rail against you. I want you to stand and be silent for me. And you walk into that situation. It's Isaiah 61. You are targeting that person for salvation or restoration or healing. And the Lord says, my plan for you is to go in and stand there. I have a situation that I'm helping someone out with now. And, 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 and we're in a stage now where we, he will have to go in and stand. And all around him, he will see Failure. Every word of encouragement that will come to him will be to cut and start afresh. And the Lord has said to him, my son, stand. You will not understand what you've seen, but stand. So it's different circumstances, different situations. You might have to take a hit because you are the mature one. You might have because you are the one that's hunting. Yeah. If it's, if it's Matthew 28 foregone conclusion you're going into a situation you're dealing with an unsafe person they've got all the things of the world their father is the devil and you're going to deal with lies you're going to deal with all that situation so be aware of what you're going to deal with be aware of the type of person you're dealing with because their responses are already written in the bible and so yeah but one of the key factors in the circumstance is the exercising of the fruit of the spirit, which manages and controls your emotions and your thoughts. That's what the devil is after. That's what that person is after for you to react and respond, and the fruit of the spirit comes into play in the circumstance.
0: I think. I think the main thing that, like the highlight of what you just said there, to me was at least you won't understand what will, you'll see. You, they'll, like you're saying, they'll rail at you for for weeks, months, years their the workings of the spirit in the spiritual realm you might not be that you might not be able to see it but it will still be taking place if you're following the word of god if you're manifesting the gifts it might not look like victory but you're making steps towards
1: that also one other thing in terms of, of of a battle plan as long as you have a plan and you know that you are on the plan and the plan is directed by god you will take, no matter what that enemy throws at you, you will be able to take it because you know that you're on the plan. The minute you step off the plan, that's when it goes pear shape. So you make sure you're on the plan. You make sure you've got a team around you, training and recruitment. Go back to training and recruitment chapter. You make sure you've got a team around you that is supporting you. And then you, you advance the plan according to the timetable of the Lord.
0: Yeah. We probably need to finish up yep. around here, David. Is is there any other questions that anyone has for us just before we leave? You all, no,
1: no other questions.
0: Are there, is there anything else you want to add before? Yeah, we I'm just up? gonna.
1: Uh, we this is going to be the last podcast for a couple of months. Um, so I'm so it's, I'm dating it right now. So this is 18th. Even, 18. I can't even see my watch there. Can you believe it? Little number there. <laughs> it's gone. All right, 18th of September, September 2011. Yep. So we probably kick off and finish section two uh, in a couple of months' time. Section two, I'm going to actually talk about how to actually fight. Yeah. How how do you actually take all that I've taught you, and how do you fight? Yeah. Which I think a lot of people
0: have been really looking forward to. So
1: going going onto a ground, uh, identifying a situation, and knowing oh this is a situation. I need to run. How do you recognize that? Or I need to fight. Uh, Making a plan. How do you actually make a plan? I'm going to be talking about that. How to do field dressing, battlefield wounds, (laughs) how to dress them. (laughs) And uh, fighting, how to actually fight. So that's going to be the next section. So I'm hoping within the next couple of months to have a draft copy one of section one, which is all that we've done with so far. Yeah, yeah. And have all my preparation for section two. Okay,
0: so everyone... Hold him to it, okay? (laughs) Couple of months is what he said, right? Couple of months. Two months. Maybe three. Three months. By the end of the year, be asking him for it, okay? (laughs) You'll be on it. Thank you very much for listening to the Spiritual Warfare Podcast, those of you around the world and those of you in this room. It's been a delight and a joy to be in front of you. As always, check out www. I'm saying this because people can hear. I know I can talk. Anyway, as always, check out www.life-house.net for all the resources and check back in three months and David will have a big thing with his face on it and he'll say, this is my book. Have a read, hopefully.
1: No, I said draft. Won't a be the draft?
0: Book. Ah, okay. The draft. Oh, look, now he's backtracking. He no, is.
1: draft. Backtracking.
0: As always, thank you so much for being with us and we'll see you next time.
1: God bless. See you guys. Bye.